God is all about relationships. Every single chapter of the Bible has some relational issue discussed. It's completely throughout the entire Bible. This is a very serious issue to God. God existed for all of eternity in the Trinity, in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, in a perfect relationship. He created us human beings to have a relationship with Him. And then He created two sexes to have a relationship with each other. And then He told us to have relationships with the people around us, with our brothers, our sisters, our neighbors, our friends. Relationships are a huge, huge deal to God. And I think it's so awesome that we get to take time to really focus on loving each other and showing each other God's love. And when the Bible talks about love, I'll use this, this word later, but it usually uses the word agape, which is a Greek word that, that simply means unconditionally putting somebody else over yourself. William Vine wrote the Vine's Dictionary of Bible Words, and he describes it this way. This is kind of good. It said, Christian love has God for its primary object and expresses itself, first of all, in explicit obedience to his commandments. So if I love God, I obey him. But then second, right, he said self-will, that is self-pleasing, is the negation of God. So living for myself goes against God. He said Christian love, whether exercised towards our brothers or to just people in general, is not an impulse from the feelings. So the love that we're talking about isn't because I just, it's not like the Hollywood thing where I just fall in love. And I feel very strongly, this emotional connection to somebody. It's not an impulse from the feelings. It does not always run with natural inclinations nor does it spend itself only on those for whom some affinity is discovered. So what he's saying there is is the love that God tells us to have for each other, it doesn't depend on somebody being attractive or beautiful or likable or desirable, but it's, it's something that God's commanded us to do to each other no matter who the other person is. It's unconditional. And Jesus said in Mark 12, he said the most important thing in the world, the number one commandment was to love God. He said the most important one is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. We've been talking a lot about that this year, that James 4, 8 verse that says, Draw near to God, and He will draw near to you. That's been our focus a lot of, of, a lot of these meetings. we focused on drawing near to God and connecting with Him. Now that verse right there continues to go on. And it says the second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. So Jesus said out of our love for him would develop this love for other people. And that is kind of what we've been thinking about this whole week. 1 John 4.19 says we love because he first loved us. Talking specifically about loving God. Right? God loved me, so I love him in return. But in 1 John 4.11 it says... Dear friends, since God so loved us, we ought to love one another. So, He loved us, and then we loved Him. But also because He loved us, we can love each other. And see, even when it's hard to love people, because maybe they're not desirable or likable or nice or somebody we're naturally attracted to, I can love them because God's love is in me. God says He is love. He says if I put my trust in Him, He lives in me. And I can love people that I normally would have a hard time loving. That's what agape love is all about. That's what unconditional love is all about. And the Bible kind of describes it this way. It says love is patient. It's kind. It doesn't envy. It doesn't parade itself. It doesn't show off, right? It's not proud. It isn't rude. It doesn't seek its own interests. It isn't provoked. It bears all things, believes all things. It believes the best, not the worst. It doesn't rejoice in evil. And it isn't happy about others' downfalls. Love rejoices in the truth. Love hopes all things, endears all things, 
It keeps on loving when it's hard to, and love never fails. See, that's this love that God is talking about. It's a pretty big deal. You don't see that in any movies coming out right now. That's something that doesn't end. It never fails. Love is a verb. It's an action. It's not just an emotion. It doesn't just happen in my mind, but it comes out in what I do. And we have kind of a a master plan definition for love that's evolved throughout the years. Eli, who used to be here, some of you might know him, he contributed part of this, and I think Russ contributed part of this, and it's kind of developed into this statement. Love is an unconditional acceptance based on commitment, not on attraction or feeling. It involves unselfishly choosing for another's highest good, not based on their performance or on your own feelings for them. Isn't that good? Love is unconditional acceptance based on commitment, not on attraction or feeling. It involves unselfishly choosing for another's highest good, not based on their performance or on your feelings about them. This is a big deal. I'm committed to love people more than myself. I'm committed to say, Colin... I'm going to serve you. I'm going to love you. I'm going to encourage you no matter what. And see, that's what sets Christians apart. That's what should set us apart. In John 13, 35, Jesus said, By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. See, if we love one another, that's how people will know that we are his disciples. If we're not loving each other, we're not true disciples. It's part of being his follower. The bottom line is that unconditional love, if it's an action, it has to come out somewhere. And the way it comes out is in encouraging and serving other people around us. It's not just silent, it's not just words, but it comes out in what I do. It comes out in encouraging and in serving others. And that's why we did this Angels and Mortals thing this week, so that we would have this opportunity to encourage and serve each other actively. Not just, you know, in thoughts or whatever, but actively. So I want to encourage you guys tonight to practice being an encouragement to those around you. This was an awesome week of doing that. But this is something that we can continue the rest of the school year and the rest of our lives, encouraging the people around us for no reason at all other than to simply encourage them. And you can think of encouragement as this, intentionally going out of your way to communicate your and God's love and acceptance to another person in a way which builds them up. It's not easy, but it's saying I'm going to go out of my way, I'm going to think about this, I'm going to intentionally do something or say something to communicate my love to somebody, or to communicate God's love to somebody. And that's encouraging. How many of you were encouraged this week when you got a message from your angel? Anyone? I was. Uh, Whoever my angel is, you're in here, I think. But (laughs) the, the, um, the, the first email, or the first Facebook thing you sent me was one of the most encouraging messages I've ever received from a student in four years of college ministry. And I, I think that's what encouragement is all about. You know, that's what is encouraging each other and building each other up. Hebrews ten twenty four says, "Let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another all the more as you see the day approaching." So he's saying, encourage each other continually. Don't give up meeting together like this. Don't give up getting together and continue encouraging each other, encouraging each other. In 1 Thessalonians 5.11, it says, encourage one another and build each other up. Think about building each other up. How could I build Malcolm up? Malcolm is one of the most tough guys I've ever met. I was hiking with Malcolm on the guy's backpacking trip, and I can usually keep up with most of you guys. Not many of you guys in here usually leave me in the dust. Maybe Colin would. Malcolm, he's like 400 yards in front of me, and it doesn't even look like he's trying. And I didn't want to look stupid, so I'm going as hard as I can. I felt like I was going to collapse. (laughs) But anyway, that's an awesome thing. I can encourage Malcolm, and not just like that, but I can say, 
you are a really awesome man of God, Malcolm. And I appreciate both your physical strength, but also your passion for God, which is even a stronger characteristic. See, I can put some thought into it and realize, hey, there are ways that I can specifically build them up. But it takes intentionality. It takes thinking it through. Hebrews 3.13 says, But encourage one another daily, as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. So see, every single day, this is supposed to be my thought process. How can I encourage the people around me? I told the story at the retreat of Pastor Mark, this pastor that I knew growing up. And every time I saw him, he would just encourage me like you can't imagine. Tyler heard this story at the retreat also. He would tell me, seriously, he'd say, oh, I just... He goes, I'm so excited, I finally got registered. I'd say... Registered for what? He'd say, the Nate Herps fan club. And I'm laughing, you know, whatever, whatever. And he goes, no, 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 seriously, you're like Billy Graham and the best snowboarder in the world all wrapped up in one human being. And I'm just sitting here, I was like 16, 15, I'm just sitting here about to fall over. I can hardly believe this, right? I'm just amazed that this pastor, he doesn't need to give me any attention. But he's thinking through things that are important to me, like snowboarding. And he's trying to encourage me in my walk with God and also encouraging me as an individual. And he's being thoughtful and creative about it. And see, that really, really, really just gave me a desire to know God more and draw closer to God. So encourage each other. Practice living selfless lives centered on encouraging those around you. It's so difficult because it it goes against our natural thinking. But it's what God's called us to. And in his strength, we can do it. In his strength, we can think that way about other people and do that. Learn not to discourage the people around you. It's so easy for me to discourage and not encourage. And I want to encourage people. So I want to make a challenge. Take this very seriously. Find someone you don't like, don't get along with, or don't know very well. And think of a specific way you can be a blessing to them, reach out to them, and talk with them. It's kind of hard, right? I did this thing called DTS. Daniel did one of those before he came here. Sage did. Before I came to college, I had to read a book called Learning to Love People You Don't Like. And it was a good book. But it was kind of the same thing. Find somebody that you would not normally be attracted to and find a way to encourage them and tell them that they're special and that God loves them and that you love them too. I think it's a super important thing. And I want to encourage you, don't be stopped by your insecurities. Everyone assumes others don't like them. It's so true, isn't it? You go in a room and you kind of naturally look around and think, man, I bet that guy doesn't like me very much. I bet that girl wouldn't want to talk to me. We all think like that. And it's, it's see, everybody else is thinking that way. And you think, that guy looked at me funny, so he probably doesn't like me. Well, that guy is thinking the same thing, right? And that's why he's looking at you funny. And so... <laughs> And so it's, it's just like a downward spiral that we get trapped in and it prevents us from encouraging each other and breaking through these, these things that are so easy. This happened to me this week, guys. There's this guy that I've known for seven years or so. The entire time I've known him, he, he has a real kind of stern look, you know? And I always thought... I don't think that guy likes me very much. He just thinks I'm too young, you know, or something like that. And so he's mad that I'm up here. <laughs> I don't know what I thought. I said this. I don't have that kind of insecurity about a lot of people, but I definitely had that about him. And so for maybe seven years of knowing this guy, I've never said more than, hey, how are you doing? That's it. And I, I kind of just thought, like, get through the retreat, you know. <laughs> don't, don't get into any weird conversations with this guy or anything like that. Don't make him hate you even more. Well, Saturday night, this guy comes to me and he says, Nate, I'm going through some serious stuff in my life. And he said, I I look up to and admire you more than you know. 
And I want to talk with you tomorrow morning and, and just get your perspective on a lot of what I'm going through. I was, I was almost in tears. I was just thinking, for seven years I believed the lie that Satan was putting in my head, and I neglected to really develop a relationship with this guy, encourage him, let him encourage me, and really invest my life in him and help him grow in his walk with God. I neglected that because of this insecurity. And I want to just encourage you guys, maybe one in a hundred times that insecurity is true, but probably 99 out of 100, that person really does not dislike you at all. And just going out of your way to, to say hey and to start a conversation could be a really, really positive thing. And Romans fifteen seven says this, it says, Accept one another then just as Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to God. And that's the thing. See, even if I don't naturally like somebody or they're not naturally as cool as I think I am, you know, in our minds we play games like that, or maybe they don't do the same things I do. I used to be really into snowboarding when I was a student, and I think I can't hang out with cowboys. Like, I just can't do it because snowboarders don't hang out with cowboys, right? I think thoughts like that. (laughs) Mark, I would have loved you, but it would have been difficult when I was a student. (laughs) But see, what's that? Yeah, see? (laughs) He could have shot it up. (laughs) Brought a revolver to the mountain. That would have been great. But no, Romans 15.7 says, Accept one another just as Christ accepted you. See, He's accepted me as sinful and as ugly as I am. I can accept the people around me. And this is kind of the verse of encouragement that I, that I really want you guys to get. I shared this one at the retreat too, but it's so cool. In Acts 4.36-37 it says, Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus, whom the apostles called Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, sold the field he owned and brought the money and put it at the apostles' feet. So this guy, he was encouraging people so much that he was willing to go sell his property and give the money to people that had needs. He was such an encourager. All the Christians were calling him son of encouragement. Elias, what if you walk into Connect here and everybody goes, hey, it's the encourager over there. It's son of encouragement walking in the door. I mean, that's a pretty hardcore deal. That's how these people viewed him because he was so good at encouraging the people around him. And I hope that'd be an example for us, that we could be like that, that we could encourage the people around us. I really hope that God would develop me to be that way because I know I want to be more like that. Also practice being a servant. So we practice encouraging and practice serving. You can think of serving as using your energy, talents, abilities, and resources. Get that? Your energy, talents, abilities, and resources to help meet another person's needs. And Russ is an example of this to me. This summer, hey Russ, what are you doing today? Oh, I've got a few things I'm working on. I need to get 2,000 square feet of sod. <laughs> so that's a lot of sod. It's a bunch of sod on his trailer. And he just drops everything. He goes with me down to Cortez, picks up this sod. There's so much sod. We had to drive, what, 40 miles an hour max the whole way back from Cortez. But see, he has a trailer and he has a big truck, and I don't have those. Those are resources he has that I don't. And he served me by using his resources to meet my need. That's what serving really is, when we use our resources to meet each other's needs. And Galatians 5.13 says, Serve one another in love. See, if I'm loving people then serving them is going to be kind of easy. It might be, it might be difficult, it might take time, but it's going to, I, I want to serve people if I love them, right? I want, to, I want to help meet their needs with the resources that God's given me. And Ephesians 6-7 says, Serve wholeheartedly as if you were serving the Lord, not men. See, every time I serve one of you guys, when I serve Amy back here, or Emily, or Gunnar, when I serve you guys, it's like I'm serving God. 
It's like I'm serving Him. Because you guys are His children. And I can look at you that way. And, and out of my love for you, I can serve you. So serve each other. Encourage each other. And, and love each other. And I just want to close with two verses. The bottom line. Romans 12.10 says, Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourselves. That's the verse that's on the back of your little angels and mortals cards. It says, Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. So how can we be devoted to each other and to loving each other? Uh, in a way that you'd love your own brothers. David over here tells me, they're talking about his brother last week, he says, my brother's my best friend. How can you love everyone like that? Isn't that a challenge? It's hard. I love my brother a lot. It's hard for me to just love everyone else like I love my brother. But he says, be devoted to each other. Love each other like that. You know, Love each other deeply. In Galatians 5, 6, this is a powerful verse. It says, the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. So when I, when I have faith in God, and, and I let that come out in my love towards other people, putting them first, he says, that's it, man. That is it.